0: Today, we're talking with Julia Daly. And Julia, not only does she have a lovely Southern accent, (laughs) but she's also a published author of two books, one of which was just released, and it's called The Fifth Daughter of Thorn Ranch because Mm -hmm. she's a rancher. Um, She also has a podcast called Authors Over 50 where she interviews and celebrates authors over 50 (laughs) and a blog which focuses on adoption which was
1: really profound to me. And you'll hear a little bit about my story in that. You will. Lisa, because you share, you have (laughs) a story about adoption. So it was, that was really very wonderful, very special. And I love what Julia said about life after 50. She called it life's sweetest third. And I just I love that. That's so poetic. And she said she always carried this idea for a book in her head for 40 years. I know she finally wrote it. So it's very inspirational. You're you're just going to love and enjoy meeting Julia. And I have a feeling everybody's going to start thinking about writing that book. I hope so. And
0: yeah, she did. She was very inspirational. And um, there's her on so many levels. I really yeah. enjoyed talking with her. Yeah. Before we go, I yeah. want to make sure that you listening go and before you leave, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please give us a review and five stars, please. Please. (laughs) Only if you really mean it, but also you can leave us a written love note on Apple or a voice memo, either on Spotify or Apple. And that would be, we so appreciate that. We do. But one last thing before we go, and that is to remember to follow my Simple Beauty Minerals shop on Amazon. Because that is where I recommend products outside of the Simple Beauty Minerals shop that I have tried and tested and yes. are true um, in beauty, nail care, body care, and books to keep healthy by. So I'll leave the link below in the show notes.
1: Great. Definitely check it out. All right, we l- get we- into
0: it? Yeah, let's okay. do it. Welcome to Living Visibly Over 50, a podcast where we chat about how to use your beauty and style to show up and be visible in a culture that says it's not our time to shine anymore. I'm Lisa.
1: And I'm Linda. You know, the most precious time in your life starts right now. Together, Lisa and I explore all the beauty and style tools available to women over 50 that keep us connected to our feminine energy.
0: Hi, Julia. So nice to have you here. And the first question I want to ask you is, in your bio, you introduce yourself as a Texan with a Southern accent. Now, tell us what that means, because as a Californian, I consider Texas a Southern state, (laughs) Okay, you know, sorry, (laughs) but so tell us a little bit about that. And, and with my Northern California accent, I'm loving your Southern accent.
2: Well, thank you. Um, I thought I had lost it, but my friends say I have not, uh, (laughs) no, (laughs) no,
1: it's still there.
2: Uh, I grew up in the deep south, so I consider the southeast as the south and Texas is southwestern and its twang is a lot different than a southern accent, of course. All regions of the country have their own dialects, but I spent 62 years in Mississippi to be buried in Texas, and we were looking for a second home, and I thought we wanted cooler summers, but my husband had board meetings in San Antonio, and he said, every time I land in Texas, it just feels right, and I said, well, those aren't cooler summers. But we came and we spent two weeks exploring the hill country area here. It's a beautiful area. And we chose to live in a small German settled town that now has become the wine country with with vineyards everywhere. Oh, is lovely.
0: (laughs) You know, we like our wine.
2: (laughs) Well, I've been told that it's uh, set to surpass Napa very rapidly. Oh, my goodness.
0: Well, when I visit my sister in Texas, I will have to check that
1: out. And I have and I a story to tell you around to host that.
0: You. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great.
1: <laughs> well, now your accent makes more sense because your accent is more uh, Mississippi mm-hmm. Southern. Right, right. Yes, we it do. Is. Get, I'm from Michigan, and when I go back home to Michigan, I pick up my Michigan twang. Very quickly. So, you probably do too. Yeah, very interesting.
0: I must have a San Francisco twang. I don't
1: know. (sighs) I don't know. It's probably Probably. a thing. (laughs) Probably. We all have Um, accents, like you have. Sure.
2: My husband's from Illinois and he, he, um, is from the Midwest and they say those are the accents that are really no accents when they, when they want somebody to be on television or radio, really? they go, oh, they go interesting. for the no accents. I don't think they would choose me to, to be on the radio.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, charming. They should. believe me. It's very charming. So, uh, Julia, I love your business. Um, Lisa and I both have online business, virtual businesses. So you have a website, a blog, and a podcast. And the focus is to highlight authors over 50. And that is such a great idea. Now, so tell us a little bit about how you became a first-time author after 50. And why do you think it's important to really highlight the men and women who are over 50? doing this work
2: my first story was in my head for 40 years I was a single parent for a long time I had three or four jobs I've always you know had lots of businesses going I was the PR director at Millsaps College in Mississippi and as part of our compensation we were allowed to take writing courses and I actually wrote a couple of the chapters for this book Mm -hmm. but I put it put it aside and thought that that was just an exercise for class and when we moved to Texas I found that manila folder and decided if not now when so I wanted to pay it forward to my fellow authors um, after I wrote my first book because it is more difficult to get publicity after a certain age and I thought that I would really really Yes, I thought I would record a few episodes, and that would be that. but I've just recorded my hundred and forty first episode just in one year.
0: Congratulations wow. that's a lot that's a lot Thank
2: you. It shows no sign of abating, and I am so impressed with the doctors and attorneys and m b a s and all those others who are writing in retirement. And I always say, I think it's wonderful to highlight young people who are having so many great achievements, but I also think it's vital to celebrate those of us who have reinvented ourselves many times over, and we still have many milestones of our own, and, and we're writing in what I call life's sweetest third.
0: And we are. Oh. And long, we are having what I like to think of in positive frames, longer longevity. So we have more time to do great work. And darn it, we don't, it shouldn't be that hard to get pressed once you're over 50. That. I know. I don't I'm, understand I'm that. I'm so mad at yeah. when that happens.
2: Hmm. I think it comes from the publishing industry. They're looking sure. for young authors who have many, many, many books in them. But I am Interviewing people in their seventies, eighties, even nineties, and oh. they have all written
1: beautiful work and that still is have a lot of
2: books in them. Right. Oh, we
1: know so much more, don't you think? Right? We have so much more perspective. We definitely we have do. That, the time. Yeah. <laughs> Wisdom. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes total sense to me. So I love this, too. Um, I was reading your bio, Julia, and you mentioned how you once shadowed Martha Stewart. Yeah, so we like it that. Kind of made me laugh because we all, I think of her as a perfectionist. I mean, she's seems to me to be very intimidating because she knows so much about many, many things. But what was that situation about? And that was probably your fo- one of your former careers that you had. What was that about?
2: Well, it was way back in 1985 when her first book came out. I don't know if you remember, but Entertaining was a beautiful book with with her style of just piling up vegetables and fruits on tables, you know, just filling the tables. And she actually taught a cooking class that I attended in Jackson, Mississippi, and she was just becoming known in her catering business in New York. And um, actually, um, her catering business was based in her carriage house in Connecticut at her own home mm-hmm. and I had a catering company and I just kept hounding her until she agreed to allow me to shadow her
1: wow and, okay. and she
2: said I've never done this before and I said well it's free labor I'm coming just to learn from you and I think later in life um she began to charge for that privilege but I was <laughs> fortunate I was no doubt one. <laughs> <laughs> she um she was very good about you know turning that into um uh, a fortune but um i saw some beautiful events one was oh. on a vanderbilt estate mm. and i thought that her young chefs were the most talented i've ever known they after work, when we finished work, they would drop by a farmer's market and pick up some fresh fruit and they would whip up a pie with homemade crust and homemade ice cream oh. for a little get together after work. And I just found it invigorating. Oh my
1: God. Is that? There? Would,
0: that wouldn't work for our over 50 bodies to have pie every day. <laughs> no, <laughs> I really want it. No.
1: Yeah. Me too. Unless it was a salad pie. Yeah, (laughs) Um, so catering I would imagine because I waitressed in college I know it is so physically hard it's a hard job to do but do you have one tip for us you know let's say throwing a dinner party is there something that you do that is that makes your guests feel special or maybe some appetizer or tip that you have well, you know, talking about our over fifty
2: bodies. I mean, I grew up in the South, where every celebration is around food, and it wasn't sure. healthy food. No, either. it's, so, no, no, it's now, not. Now, so now I, crave, <laughs> I crave all of those, you know, old comfort foods, and yeah. But but I love a theme party. If somebody just gives okay. me, you know, one little tidbit about what they would like I can turn it into a theme party so I I love you don't have to wear a costume but it's, it helps <laughs> and, um, and I like to carry it through
1: from the invitations all the way to the dessert that's and, a great idea because that sort of the theme unifies everyone it puts you in that kind of party fun mood is that it another really business
0: does. that's, that's uh, you know bubbling up in the back of your head? <laughs> I have lots of businesses to go before I sleep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I like cool. that. I love that. Can I change the subject just a little bit? Sure. I want to talk about the subject of adoption, which you your blog at juliadaily.com focuses a lot on, and that has a lot of... Um, relevance to me, I, I'm personally not adopted, but I just recently in the last few years found my sister, Linda, who lives in Texas, who was adopted, was put up for adoption, and I never knew she existed. Mm. And she hunted myself and my cousin down and found us and we're all now reunited. Um, but but it had such a huge impact on her, that she's now a trauma therapist and focuses on right. adoption. So, tell us about that
2: uh, well and <laughs> and you are not alone because when I wrote my first book that was about um, adoptees back in the sixties at a maternity home um I have heard from so many people. That's been my favorite part of writing that book are those stories just like you just told. And you know, people are finding out that the father they thought they knew is not their biological father because that happened de- to my cousin. The oh. DNA kits, these commercial That's DNA That's Exactly kits, what
0: happened. That's you know, how she found us.
2: People are coming out of the woodwork. Oh, so it, it's amazing. I I was adopted as an infant from a maternity home in New Orleans and of course there've been maternity homes in the US since the first one opened in the 1800s it was um it was organized by the salvation army and and most were founded by mainly religious organizations because back then there was such shame and embarrassment yeah if you weren't married and you had a child it was an illegitimate child and people thought that you had to have a mother and a father for that child. And in many places, they stamped on the birth certificate, illegitimate. Oh. And father's names were not on the birth certificates. So the state, um, each state has a Bureau of Records, and they issue new birth certificates to adoptive parents showing that they gave birth to the baby, not the birth mother. And that is called the birth Uh, the baby scoop era. And it's, it's defined um, as from the fifties to about the eighties. Your entire family was shamed and ridiculed. If you became pregnant, most women in that situation disappeared for a few months and left their baby um, for what was called a full family to rear. And when I'm talking about this in book clubs, this generation cannot comprehend. No. And did you no. say
0: up through the 80s? Yes.
2: The 1980s
0: for sure. Yes. I'm sort of surprised. Mm-hmm. I feel like yes. it was better by then, but maybe I'm No,
2: not remembering. And, and there are still maternity homes in the U.S. today, but most of them now are to help the young mothers find jobs in childcare and try to keep the babies with the mothers. But back then that was not even a choice for these young women. And, and like I said, the young women today can't understand. They say to me, I don't know why anyone would give away their baby because they don't know about, how secrets were kept and, and now how many are coming to light because of these commercial DNA kits. You know, I searched and found my birth mother by obtaining my original birth certificate and then through DNA results, my birth father's family as well. And so I, I think the emphasis today should be on leaving Uh, complete health records with children who are going to become adopted Mm -hmm. because every time I would go into a doctor's office and they ask, do you have heart disease or diabetes or cancer in your family? I'd have to say, I don't know because I'm adopted and they would have to start from scratch.
0: Wow! And I'm going to let you take over as I'm having my own personal moment. I need to
1: regroup. So Okay. We'll go back to (laughs) authoring. What would you recommend if someone has a book in them? and they're over 50, what should people know about starting a writing career? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Hi, Linda here. If you've got a passion for fashion like I do, and you want a way to earn some extra money, listen to this. I've got a program where you'll learn how to build a personal stylist business doing closet cleanouts, style consultations, and selling your customers' pre-loved clothing for profit. Get more details about this brand new program at lyndawalden.com. But don't wait. The program is opening soon.
2: Today, we have more options than ever before, because years ago, we didn't have self-publishing. We didn't have Amazon. You know, you can publish yourself on Amazon these days. So that opens up the door to all of us who don't want to wait two years to find an agent and another two or three years to get the book um, published. Uh, Those of us who are over 50 want something a little quicker than that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so they just have to know that you know if you're keeping a journal um that can turn into a book i've heard from so many people oh. who started out with journals and then um wrote a memoir and that that's very helpful but i i think you know they have to know going in that it's such a humbling industry you know sales of only five to ten thousand books are received by just two percent of authors and there are like two million different titles published in the u.s every year so if you go into the process with those numbers in mind they help help to set your expectations but william faulkner said a fellow mississippian if a book is in you it has to come out and it's never too late it's I never too that. late. And I and think we leave legacies to our families, whether it's memoir or fiction.
0: Can I interject for a moment? Your two books, the first one was No Names to be Given, correct? And yes. your the second one just came out, The Fifth Daughter of Thorn Ranch. And the thread through both of them is adoption. Is, is that correct?
2: In the first one.
0: In the first um, one. Okay. Yes. I, it, I was reading
2: fact, one of the characters there. Uh, pretty much has my, my experience verbatim, my growing up experiences and situations as an adopted child. And the second one is when we moved to Texas, I became enamored with these generational ranches, these vast branches here. And I wanted to write about that. Okay.
1: Wow. Okay. That's incredible. So do do you have, you know, in interviewing 141 people, authors, what do you have a couple favorites? You
2: know, that's like asking me to pick my favorite child. I might might have one, but I'm not going to voice it in front of them. But I'll tell you one that I just found fascinating. There was a toxicologist, um, you know, they, they know all about poisons and so her book she wrote about an assassin who uses poisons that are not detectable in the body to kill people and I just thought well oh, do I we was- want to share that information <laughs> no, I, <don't> know. <laughs> I said of course she you know she would know all about those poisons so I started asking her what poisons don't show up in the body and she asked me do you have a he- a
0: happy marriage <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> that was a very good question to ask around that. Yes, right.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's
0: kind of freaky. But right, what
1: you? I think what you're saying is through either our life experience, you know, unusual life experiences or your career, we each know something that we can turn into a novel and just have fun with it, it sounds like.
0: Oh,
2: absolutely! I mean, every day when you go to a coffee shop and you sit there and you just listen to the conversations around you, which now with cell phones, you hear everybody's most private details <laughs> yeah. as they're sitting there. You can with the headphones
0: with, in talking.
2: Yes, yeah. you you can come up with the most incredible
1: characters, just listening to other people. This is wonderful. I think you are going to inspire a lot of authors. I
2: hope so, because I I think it's wonderful to be able to put our thoughts down on paper. And one of my granddaughters uh, had to choose a book in school to read and write a report on it. And she chose one of my books and took it to school and said, my grandmother wrote this book. And, and she said, nobody else's
0: grandmother writes books. <laughs> that really touched That must me. felt really good. Yes. So is there anything else we have? We do have a final question, unless Linda, you had something else. But I wanted to know from you, Julia, if there's anything else that you wanted to share or something we missed. Uh, we are going to come back around and, and let everyone know where they can find you. And you have a lot of great touch points there. So, Did we miss anything? Is there anything you wanted to share about your blog, your books?
2: I just hope that we encourage, uh, especially women after the age of 50, you know, there's so much sexism in the world and we think we have to look a certain way and act a certain way. And, and I just think to be able to sit down and to write your thoughts, your life, your whatever wisdom you've acquired in our time here on this planet. I just think that that's so important to pass along to our young people because, you know, they will never know some of the experiences that we have. Um, those experiences are long gone. And so I just try to share with my grandchildren and I hope my grand great-grandchildren in the future to, you know, to to be encouraged to do and be any anybody they want to be. And that That starts with a pen and paper and a journal.
0: Right. Mm. And I'm taking away, one thing I'm taking away is to keep keep a journal and then keep those journals because some people journal very private thoughts and then toss the journals. So this is something different, journaling your experience because you never know 40 years later, like yourself, you might want to go back and, and write that book. And I regret That's,
2: not recording my parents and grandparents' voices yeah. because you know we lose voices in our head very quickly. So I hope that everybody will will think to do that as well. Interview your point. parents or grandparents while they're here, and and then you'll have their voices.
1: That's beautiful. I need to a- do that when we're having my mom's one hundredth birthday party. Okay, quick in July, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me, Julia. I, we should just have a quiet moment with her. Yes. And and, and, and record and ask her
2: okay. questions about yeah. her life and get okay. those in her voice so that you can go back and hear her over and over. That's beautiful. And, or Thank video
0: you. record, you know? Oh, it's, I mean, you have you now we we video, right? Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So we have two last questions for you. One is, since this is a style and beauty podcast, we like Mm -hmm. to ask our guests to share their favorite beauty and or style tips. Do you have anything for us? (laughs) We love putting women on the spot here. Yes, well, I, I think
2: at my age, simple is better. And on the ranch, you know, we pretty much ranch, wear the yeah. same type of outfits every day. We're gonna wear blue jeans. Yep. I'll tell you that I don't know if you have tractor supply in California, but don't they- know.
1: You do. You <laughs> oh, do <laughs> on the central coast. Okay. I used to live there. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, They yeah. have a great quality t shirt for eight ninety-nine.
0: There you oh, go. There you go.
2: And besides cowboy boots, we wear rain boots when we're not in a drought. And I like the ones by Merry People. That's merry as in Merry Christmas. That's and good. of course, we always need great moisturizers here with the hot Texas sun. So I like Counter Sun by Beauty Counter.
0: Okay. And does it have sunscreen in it? That would be my tip for you. Yes,
2: it has okay, 30, 30 uh, sunscreen. Okay. And I don't know if deodorant is considered a beauty product. Why not? Sure. <laughs> On in, the in our climate here in Texas, <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying the new Lumi, the whole body deodorant that's guaranteed to last 48 hours. That's a great oh, tip. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And if I'm ever going to a book signing, I will add a nicer blouse with Mexican embroidery like the one I'm wearing today by Johnny was.
1: Oh, I love Johnny Johnny was very popular.
2: Yes. And a silver necklace, you know, a pretty silver uh, necklace is always great to add to blue jeans, but I do think simpler is better.
0: I think that sounds wonderful. Those are great beauty and style tips. Really good. And now. Last question is, where can our listeners find you?
2: I'm on the uh, web at www.juliadaily. That's like daily newspaper,
0: D-A-I-L-Y.com. That was
1: great. It really was. We covered a lot of ground.
0: Well, thank you so much, Julia, for being here and sharing. This has been really inspiring and insightful. I hope to a- everyone who listens.
1: Go and look for your journals, ladies. <laughs> right, Start and
0: keep those journals.
1: Dig those journals out and write, write a story. I just think yes. that's a wonderful, wonderful lesson for all of us. We each have a story in us, and, and why for, not put it down on paper? And for all you authors over fifty, you know where to go now. That's right. That's right, Miss Julia. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great visit. You ladies are so much fun.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. We are wrapping up with our beauty and style tip. And I'm going to start off with my beauty tip. And since we are heading into fall, this is the time of year when people stop wearing sunscreen. It starts to cool down and you're indoors maybe a little bit more. And I'm here to tell you, please don't do that. Keep wearing your sunscreen. I know you hear this on and on and on, and especially from me. (laughs) I just go on and on about this. Your sunscreen, minimum of SPF of 30 needs to be worn every single day, not just your face, but your decollete. I know I'm like, I'm like,
1: you are a broken thing. record.
0: But <laughs> yeah, broken honestly, record. it's but so on. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is the time where people forget about sunscreen. So, it's we not do. just for summer, it is all year long. So, keep wearing your sunscreen every day, and then I'll be happy. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) We'll try and remember that. Okay. All right. It's a good, it's a very good reminder because it's really important all year round. And it's also a a time of year to start thinking about your warm to cold weather transitional outfits. Fall. I love fall so much. I do too. I do too.
0: Pumpkin spice. I know. And the other day I I saw a
1: woman walking down the street wearing a gorgeous trench coat over jeans and she had a t-shirt and a lightweight scarf wrapped around her neck and I went trench coat. I love that look in the fall. She looked so chic. Everything about her outfit was stylish. So outerwear is going to be huge in the fall. So I want you ladies to start looking for your transitional weather outerwear. And for the fall, it's going to be either a trench coat, could be long or cropped, They have really cute crop trench coats. I think that's, I love that look. Really cute. Double breasted blazer in your neutral, which could be gray or taupe or even creamy white in the fall is exquisite with a like a dark scarf wrapped around your neck. A quilted jacket. So that's going to keep you warm, not too warm, but warm enough. Right. Structured overcoats are going to be really huge in the fall. Or a buttery leather jacket. Oh, that
0: sounds so delish.
1: Really good. So start layering up ladies in leather or faux leather. And we want you to be comfortable and stylish. And protected with your
0: sunscreen. You are ready for fall now. Thank you for being here and listening to the entire Living Visibly Over 50 podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Your five-star rating, wink, wink, and review helps us reach more women so they too can get a confidence boost to show up and stand out over 50. And be sure to head over to simplebeautyminerals.com for your beauty and skincare needs, and truecolorsbylinda.com to enroll in a color and style course. But wait! Bonus! We are running a contest. Leave us a written review on iTunes, screenshot your review, and message us to Instagram or Facebook, and you'll be entered into the contest. We'll choose a winner once a month who will receive a 15% gift code from both Lisa and Linda.